welcome to Desk of Lady Ada. Hey everybody, and welcome to another Desk of Lady Ada. It's Sunday night here at Lady Ada o'clock, and it's me, Lady Ada. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. He's the, the voice of reason you hear in the background. And I was just checking in. What have I been up to this fine week doing engineering and a lot of purchasing, actually? That's right. Um, so I don't know. You want to you have any news or updates, or should we just kick it right into Let's just jump right in. It was uh, Arduino Day on Saturday. We have yeah. a few things to talk and show about that. Oh, yeah. Let's show off the Arduino stuff first. And um, just a heads up, if you are someone who's in electronics, it's all about how to find things online soon because there's a global part shortage. So yeah. the great search is going to be something really special to look at every single week. So we're going to be talking about that yeah. and more. So let's uh, jump right to the overhead. Let's go to the overhead and let's look at some of the Arduino stuff. So like I mentioned, it's Arduino Day. Uh, check out the Arduino YouTube channel to see some of the um, videos that uh, they, you know, obviously it's, it's, you know, it's always been remote. They've always done videos and then people have local events. Um, but they videoed a lot of, of the presentations. They talked about like um, IoT stuff, um, their learning system, new products and more. So um, check it out. It's it's on their stream. Uh, we watched a little bit of it. Uh, and one of the things that um, they did talk about is how they're going to be doing a uh, RP2040 um, board. They have like the, the Nano IoT2040 or something. I don't remember the exact name of it. And um, it's going to have a RP2040 from Raspberry Pi plus an ESP32 in like their um, their handy little format being compatible with existing boards. Uh, and uh, that was kind of cool. But we also saw, I think it was like on Twitter, we saw it on Tom's Hardware, um, that there's also a kind of like a DIY Arduino core for the RP2040. So we want to try that out. So this is our Feather, which is the one in the shop, the Feather RP2040. And um, it's plugged into our uh, TFT feathering. It's color, but I don't, I just, I'm, I'm keeping it monochromatic. And uh, I have it plugged into uh, a STEM QT uh, TMP117, which I can, you know, hold in my hand and make the temperature go up. So what's interesting about this is this is an Arduino. This isn't in um, CircuitPython so, uh, or, or Pico SDK. So this is kind of neat. Uh, if you want to use our libraries, our code, you know, we t testing TFTs and sensors is a really good way to kind of make sure that I squared C and SPI are working as expected. Um, it's, you know, it's not a full, complete, everything, everything. Um, implementation of the Arduino core, but it's pretty good. Uh, this person, Earl uh, Phil Howard, uh, did uh, an excellent job. Um, we even opened up an issue and it was resolved in a day. We just said, oh, hey, by the way, you know, to do zero byte writes, you gotta do this bit bang thing. And they're like, oh yeah, okay. And they did it. And then all of our sensors now work because we use zero byte writes to um, uh, detect when a sensor is plugged in. So this is the Feather RP2040. And then we also, um, made a little demo with the, uh, oh, I think, yeah, there you go, uh, with the uh, OLED display, so it's just showing two OLED, uh, uh, sorry, two I2C devices, and this is on the RP2040 Cutie Pie, right, so this isn't, that isn't out yet, um, but we wanted to just try it out. Only thing you have to watch for is, you know, the, the board definitions aren't quite set yet, so this thinks it's a Pico, so like, you have to use a GPIO pin numbering, not like, you know, the, the smart pin numbering that we put on our boards to match other feathers. Um, I think this is going to be a next step. We'll, you know, eventually they'll add, uh, you know, board packages and then 
part of that will be um, pin renaming. So, uh, you know, it's, I think we'll still probably end up using the official Arduino RP2040 package, but it's really cool that there's one uh, while we wait. So maybe if you go to my uh, computer real fast, I can show people where to find this. So this fellow, um, it's under Arduino Pico. So check out, uh, check out this repo here to uh, download. Again, it's, it's early. It's not, this isn't like a good, you know, my very first Pico project, never done microcontrollers before. It's great if you've already done a couple Arduino board support packages and you're kind of like cool with the process and you're cool with uh, debugging and um, being okay with that in-progress board support package. So that was kind of neat. I thought that was nice. Um, okay, uh, next up, we have uh, been doing more keyboard stuff. So our uh, NeoKey breakouts made it into the store. So you want to go back to the overhead? And uh, I'll show this. So this is, you know, it's a demo that we had for the product that we put into the shop. So when I, I press the button, it uh, it reads the button press and stops sending NeoPixel data to that NeoPixel. Um, the cool thing is, you know, we we fixed the reversed. Oh my God, that's so great. We fixed the reversed NeoPixel, so now it's 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 glowing up into um, the keys, which is you know the, the one thing that we didn't have quite right the first time we made these. But um, yeah, so far so good. We're you know we're we got the the uh, socket uh, working pretty well, and we're trying out different keycaps and stuff. So this is just the simple breakout, and then um, we're also working on that four key you know, modular breakout using uh, a seesaw uh, chip um, that does the I squared C. So this one you know it does not have the correct direction NeoPixels, but it does have the switch to you know, NeoPixel detection. So over I squared C, reading the switches and then writing the NeoPixels. So these, this will be chainable. You'll be able to connect multiple ones together. But, uh, you know, just, just trying this out. And, uh, you know, I let this sit on my desk and then every once in a while I just, I press a lot of keys very quickly uh, to make sure that the um, I squared C isn't hanging or, or, or being flaky. But uh, so far, so good. Um, I've been using the uh, SAMD09 for the Seesaw. And one of the things I was thinking of is, you know, because of this part shortage, if I can't get this chip, uh, what's an alternative? So I looked at, um, you know, what are the cheapest microcontrollers on DigiKey? And it was like the MS51 uh, series for like basically something that's, you know, about 1K of RAM, about 16K of flash. And uh, the MS51 from Nuvaton, which is also a chip that Pimeroni uses for their little I2C breakouts, and I looked into it and it was interesting. It's like, this is a very, very inexpensive, like a 20 cent microcontroller. Um, not sure if it's worth it to move from something that's, you know, 50, 60 cents down to something that's 20 cents for the complexity that comes with it. I mean, I rather like um, the SAMD series, but I have to be, you know, flexible, willing to, to move at a moment's notice to a different chipset. So um, I ordered a little dev kit for the, the Nuvaton MS51. I'll, I'll try it out. I think, um, you know, there it's annoying because there's not a great, you know, there's not ABR GCC support. You have to use SDCC, a different compiler, and so a lot of things that you know, it's not like you can just run Arduino on it. Um, you, you know, all the code has to be written basically from scratch and in very low level C. And I don't even know what support really there exists for SDCC. But I don't want to use Keel or uh, or Air or IR, whatever it is that's available. I'm gonna try to skip, stip, stick to a free compiler. So maybe in a future desk of late data, I'll, I'll do a blink demo for the MS51. Uh, so that's me starting to think about 
what chips are available. You know, we, we just did a bunch of purchasing to get um, chips that we needed for the next six months because the lead times are starting to become, you know, 50 weeks or so. Um, speaking of chips, I also got uh, the chips for this Metro, which is slowly but surely coming to life. This has you know, been delayed, but we're actually getting um, pretty close to launching it. I've designed the tester, uh, but the board itself is, is pretty much qualified, ready to go. And uh, I wrote a demo that um, I just wanted to test out uh, Shield compatibility. So I made a little demo that just um, bounces some DVD logos. So you can see this is running CircuitPython and it just has a little bit of like a, a you know, graphics um, demo. Uh, I'm trying to test like, it's a 500 megahertz processor. What does that mean? Like you're not gonna get four times faster than a SAMD51 because this has um, your flash memories off chip. So it's like much slower to get to and there's just, you know, tightly coupled RAM. But it's still, you know, it's like maybe two, two times faster and, um, you know, not a ton of RAM, but still a reasonable amount, you know, so you get 64K. Uh, so you can do, um, you know, graphics and, and IoT stuff with it. So this was a just, you know, me just trying out um, some graphics projects, making sure that uh, shields work because it's like shield compatible. I'm going to make sure our shields still work. Okay, some questions. Um, what about the, uh, this is on the other chips to try. What about the Tiny 406 or similar? What do you think about that? Um, you know, nothing is as cheap as Nuvertons. Like they're just they're just half the price for for you do need to have a significant amount of RAM and flash to, to do I squared C and and manage a protocol. You know, I don't want to write an assembler, so I need something that has at least you know eight, sixteen, thirty two k of flash. And you know, I want to drive NeoPixels. I'm, I'm gonna need to have at least a k of RAM for the stack and my my NeoPixel buffer. Like you, it's just tough to you know. I know that there's chips that are like. 10 cents and it's like you get 56 bytes of RAM. I, I need more than 56 bytes of RAM. Okay, and uh, just to confirm, you ordered a 8051 micro as a backup in case we can't get SAMDs. Yeah. You know, I'm always- Adapt or die, everybody. Here, I'm, adapt or die. Just like, for this one case. Here, just for this one here's case. the thing, like we've had to deal with COVID for the last year and we had to change what we were manufacturing for a while, um, in addition to the things that we normally make. Well, like, you know, you, just, you gotta like, you gotta yeah. roll. There's natural disasters after 2008, the recession. You just have to be ready now. Like, yeah, that's I mean, much it. I'm not like going to do it, but I was like, well, you know, this is a good, you know, for it's a twenty dollar debt board. Like, you know, I'm not going to uh, spend a ton of time on. It. I'm not going to buy a six thousand dollar compiler yet. But it is something that you know, I just I'm, I'm like, okay, let me let me get it and just have it in case. This is something I need to look into. Again, like, I, I might not be able to buy new atoms, you know, it's like, but I want... Tiny 406, I guess, has I2C and Arduino support via Tiny Mega Core. I mean, I wouldn't be able to use Arduino. Like, there's just, it wouldn't, I would have to do it in, in straight C. I've just, I've, I've learned that you can't, even even for the SAMD09, you can't use the Arduino Core. That, you know, there's an Arduino Core for it. You can't. You have to you have to write it in, in plain GCC if you want to have um, something that is is an I2C peripheral that just does an I2C peripheral and it doesn't have overhead. Um, yeah. it, it's just, you, you don't have enough memory to handle the, the overhead of Arduino, which is, which is a very handy overhead for this particular case. Um, you have to, you just have to, to get rid of it and go straight to um, direct control of the registers because you have, you know, you want to run the whole thing um, quite tightly. Okay, what else you got going on? Um, okay, I got some like this cool, let's see, uh, I've got this cool chip from, sensor chip from, 
Sensirion. It's the SCD41. So this is, um, I got these actually a couple days ago, but finally opened up. So this is a, a CO2 sensor in like a little surface mount package, which is kind of neat. Um, these are not cheap, but I got some uh, samples and I designed a um, Stemma QT board for it. I could, I could show that pretty fast. Let's see, breakout boards. Okay, let's... Uh, you can pop up my computer. So, um, you know, this little sensor module goes in the center, and uh, it's kind of cool. The green doesn't show up. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, like green screening it out. Yeah, we got it. I don't know. It's fine. I don't know. It's cool. It's interesting though because it's like instantly. It's not the insert. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. Cool. Um, so this is the uh, the sensor in the middle. And uh, even though it runs from 3 to 5 volts, I thought of putting a um, regulator on there at a level shifter. More for, um, like, pin protection. I mean, it's like a, you know, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's quite an expensive sensor. So I was like, you know, I'd really hate for somebody to just, like, plug in power into ground and vice versa and fry the chip. Um, so having a, a rugged, a ruggeder, like at least, you know, an input-protected regulator could, could prevent some common things. I don't know how delicate the sensor is, but like, you know, if the breakout's 50 bucks, I don't want somebody to be like, uh-oh, I just like smashed my CO2 sensor by accident. Um, but uh, so I we made a quick breakout for this. And so I'll, I'll send this out and I'll try it. I mean, it's what's neat is uh, Sensorion has um, drivers in, in Python and Arduino. So it'll be a very easy um, sensor to use. They've already written the code for microcontrollers, which is like really nice. Um, haven't seen that from a lot of uh, companies before they've, that they've added. Um, they've written the Arduino and Python and Raspberry Pi uh, code for you. So that'll be cool. Um, I mean, it's just so tiny. I think this will be very common. You know, I think a lot of industries are going to use these for like home um, air quality monitors. You know, it's, it's just very tiny compared to the SCD30, um, which is great. Let's see. Um, what else did I have on my list? Do you remember? Other things? Yeah. Let's see. Um, the Arduino Day stuff. You got Stemma QT designs. Oh, we got the Trinky. I'll show the this the slider Trinky that you came up with. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna do it, but no, I don't either. But I was just like, well, you know, it's a Trinky. So in addition to all the other Trinkies, it's like Trinky. Tuesday, I don't know. We have to come up with the trinky, trinky of the day. So you, you, you thought like, oh, why don't you make a trinky with a little slide potentiometer? Yeah. Only thing is, is that I'm, I'm con concerned that you know you'll slide it and you'll just yank it out of the USB port. Um, sure. But so, someone might. Maybe, but you don't know until you, you actually try it out. So I thought we would, would get one of the little, like a mini slide potentiometer. Like it'll, it's like you yeah. know an inch and a half. I think you could put a rubber foot underneath it and it would just sit on your desk and be fine. Yeah, maybe. You could also put the little extender cable and just put it anywhere you want on, like, you know, your desk or something. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, interesting. So, slider, well, this actually should say slide, slidey drinky. Slidey drinky. Uh, what's the difference between that CO2 sensor and the uh, the other ones? It's smaller. smaller. It's just really small. It's pick yep. and placeable. You know, you can fit it into a... Uh, a small space. Okay. okay. What's going on? So, so let's see. Uh, okay, got the RP2040, NeoKey. Oh, um, 
the only thing left was um, doing some more stemacutification uh, of old designs. Um, so you know, you'll notice like every week or two, we we come up with a new, you know, a sensor that we've already made. We will revise it to add um, stemacut connectors. Um, usually we have to change the shape and schema, you know, not the schematic, but the mechanical outline. Um, some people are a little annoyed by it, but I have to make that, I have to make the change and I'm, I might as well just make it and be done with it. Um, because I'm not going to have to make the change again. Basically having all of our sensors be in, in a standardized size, standardized pin order, you know, um, is, is worth it. So this week, uh, I'm doing the seven segment backpacks which um, are pretty popular, very old design. Uh, they have an HT16K33 on the back and then um, a seven segment or, you know, alphanumeric segment um, LED matrix on top. And then we, you know, we always had the I2C plugin on the top. I'm gonna keep that actually, because like there's so many designs that use it that I'll keep that pin order and that plug. Um, and then uh, on the side here, I added uh, stemic UT connectors that stick out. So you'll be able to, to chain these together to make long seven segment uh, displays. So that'll be, you know, it'll be an upgrade. Um, we'll, we'll replace the ones we have with these and I think we'll be able to keep the price the same because we're just adding these two little connectors. Um, otherwise the code's gonna be identical. So it'll be, that'll be nice. So, you know, slowly but surely going through all the back catalog and uh, QTifying, I think we've done 50 boards probably so far, you know, we've got 50 total. Um, a lot of, you know, all new ones, of course, are stomach UT, but then going back and redoing the old ones has been, you know, it's, it's tough. Cause it's like, I, I don't want to discontinue some, but some it's like, wow, we really don't make a lot of these. Um, or, you know, they're getting close to being discontinued. I, I have seen um, more things get discontinued lately. I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just getting to that 10 year, like I've been using this bar for 10 years at the end of 10 years, um, support is being dropped. Um, speaking of which, uh, you know, for the great search, which we'll, we'll jump into next, um, you know, there are these really long lead times now uh, for components. Uh, we did a lot of purchasing this week to make sure that we had um, some of those lead, long lead time components. We started ordering and booking them out. So, you know, they're not in stock, but we could at least book the order with factories and let them know, hey, we will, this is when we're expecting to get more. So if you do get stock, like it's not like nobody's gonna have nothing for a year. We just don't know what and who is gonna have something within the next you know, six, nine months, 12 months. So, you know, booking things out, hopefully we'll be able to, to, to keep uh, the majority of our, our products being manufactured. Um, definitely a tough time if, you're, if you need a Wi-Fi or cellular module, like, you know, I saw Particle has 56 week lead time for their cellular LTE modules um, or the boards that use the cellular LTE modules. Even I think the NRF 52A40 modules that they were using have uh, you know, 20, 30 week lead time. So um, it's a lot of weeks, a lot of weeks. But I mean, you know, this happens um, every time there's a recession on the bounce back, there's always this like com component crunch and then, you know, six, nine, 12 months later, it dissipates. So we'll, we'll eventually have components again. Like the, it's not like there's no sand um, in the world. There's lots of sand. We'll turn those into semiconductors and uh, sell them. And there's a lot of money to be made. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Just in the short term, it might be tough to get some parts. So just be, uh, it's always, always be on the lookout for alternatives 
and replacements. And um, I'd say don't be afraid to redesign a board if you can get a part. Um, PCBs are annoying to respin, but PCBs are usually not the most expensive component of your design. And they're always available to be made. So uh, you could respin the, you know, the boards, get new boards and keep the old boards. So when you do get that older component back, you could you know, swap it in and have it be like a drop-in replacement, basically. So you don't have to even throw anything away. You're just kind of delaying that build um, for a few months. So the, the component that we had to find this week, uh, we use a uh, lot of, what? I have to start the intro for the great search. Oh yeah, we're gonna start now. Ready? Yeah. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with DigiKey. All right, the great search brought to you by DigiKey. Thanks DigiKey and Lady Ada. Lady Ada is gonna use her powers of engineering and procuring parts for 15 plus years and using DigiKey site to show you how to find what you're looking for. Yes. What are you going to look for this week? Okay, so um, as we were mentioning, um, due to this you know, post-recession boom in components, um, a lot of components that were hard to find are now impossible to find, some that were easy to find are now impossible to find. It's just, it's just everything is very long lead time. Um, a lot of parts are evaporating, as I like to say, they, they're, they're being gobbled up. Um, so one of the components that we've used a lot of and had no, even though it's not recommended for new designs and R&D, we were, we still, we were able to get large quantities, no problem. The lead time was a little long, but like you could still get tons of them. And then like this week, they just completely disappeared because I think this part was used by other people. They really needed it. Um, and so they, they purchased it up. So this was the part that I like to use. This is the APX 803, uh, 26 SAG. So the APX803 part, uh, this is a, a simple reset supervisor. So what it does is when you plug in power, and this is, you know, people who do electronics, you know, once you once you get past uh, just using modules together, you'll, you'll quickly hit this. If you power up um, some circuitry in each one, it, it turns on at different times, you know, based on the, when the voltage rises past the, the turn on voltage for that component. You can get components that like the microcontroller has started up, but the display hasn't, or the display has and the microcontroller hasn't. And it needs to be like, you know, usually this is why you have a reset for um, your sensors or displays or, or peripherals, where you actually like pull the reset pin low on after the microcontroller or microprocessor has booted to really like make sure everything is reset and comes up together at the same time with like fully clean um, reset values. But um, for us, because we're using a lot of modules that you know beginners are using, they sometimes don't connect the reset pin or they don't want to connect the reset pin or they forget to toggle it or, or whatever. And so we'll add auto reset circuitry. Um, and what that will do is make sure that when it's plugged in, that you know, the, the component itself will not power up until, it won't come out of reset until power has reached a certain level. So it just means you get a, a much better experience um, you're less likely to have like flaky, you know, confusing um, uh, responses with your peripherals. So let's um, go to the overhead real fast and I can, I can actually show a component in question. So this is a uh, display module. So this is like a, you know, a, a, a TFT display breakout. And um, I have level shifting here is that APX803. So what this does is that when you power this TFT, it'll 
perform a hard reset and hold the reset low until the power gets up to about 2.7 volts and then it'll hold the reset for a little bit longer and then release it, um, just making sure that the TFT really comes up uh, very cleanly. Otherwise you can get like, again, flaky behavior, you think it's responding, it's not really, um, you know, has old values from, you know, when it was previously powered on or they're corrupted a little bit. And if you know, there's a reset pin, um, but if you don't actually perform the, the hard reset, this chip will do that favor for you. So they're lovely little chips and they're pennies, right? They're not very expensive. Um, I love to sprinkle them on displays, especially. I found that they've uh, given a much better experience to users. Uh, so back to the uh, computer. Um, so the APX803, like I said, I was able to get it. Now I can't. Uh, and also the lead time is 43 weeks, right? I mean, like, I don't even know what's going to be going on in 43 weeks. That's, that's moved to Mars by then. I know. It's ridiculous. But what's cool is you can see, like, they're, they're inexpensive. You know, for, for 10 cents or so, you can have one of these um, auto-reset supervisors. I just really love them. So let's find an alternative. Now, this was, uh, again, this is not for new designs, um, but... I really, I was able to get this, no problem. This part, I've been using this for years and there's been always plenty. And then, you know, recession ended or post-pandemic ended and these were all swept up. And I was like, you know what? Now's a good time to find a replacement. So I'm gonna use the product attributes here to find a, a good alternative. So I don't care who the manufacturer is, so I'm not gonna click that. Um, I don't really care about the packaging yet. I'll, I'll deal with that later. Obviously, I don't want it to be not for new designs, I want active. I do want it to be the same sort of thing, a simple reset power on reset. I want it to be open drain or open collector. What that means is, yes, you know, they, it can reset um, the microcontroller. Actually, it's interesting, the, um, the IMX RT board, I also have also the, the, the IMX RT 1011 microcontroller board I'm designing. This microcontroller in the data sheet, um, like the app note for like minimal schematic, it also recommends to have an auto reset circuit. So it's the same, same chip used here. Again, I really like this chip, um, using a lot of designs in mine. Uh, so I want open collector because um, that way I can also have a reset button. Or if I do want to have a reset control, I'm not going to have like two, you know, signals fighting each other. It's like this will hold it low. But then if I have a reset button that pushes the reset pin low, that's that's also okay. So let's do open collector. Active low, that means when I want to be in reset, I keep it low. Um, so for this chip, the reset timeout is 140 milliseconds and the voltage threshold is 2.63 volts. I'm not gonna click those because again, I don't care if it's 130 millisecond, 140, 150. The voltage, I don't care if it's 2.5 or 2.7, I just need it to be around that number, right? So I don't wanna be too picky, I don't pick those. I do want to have the same package, uh, SOP233, I really would like it to be drop-in replacement. Um, and I only want to uh, monitor one voltage. Okay, so let's look at what's available. Um, so here, uh, you know, now I'm in the, the normal search. I'm gonna have my classic only search for active and only normal stocking. Why not, you know, in stock? Because there's a lot of stuff that isn't in stock right now that like might be soon. Again, stock numbers are like so, so confusing and weird right now. Um, that I have some APX803 in stock. I'm good for like a month or two, but if that lead time is four or three weeks, I, I will run out before my back order gets fulfilled. So I just want something that is like, is likely to come into stock in the next few weeks or few months. Okay, um, 
So the reset timeout, again, uh, the one that I had was 140. You know, I think anything between, you know, 120 to 150 is fine. It, it doesn't, for my purposes, it doesn't really matter as long as it's held down for about 100 milliseconds. Maybe I'll pick even 100 milliseconds. Okay, so that's good. Um, then the voltage threshold. So remember, the one I had was 2.63, and the reason I don't want to be picky is you can see there's 2.625, there's 2.63, there's 2.64, 2.7. All these are like pretty much okay. So I'm going to pick like 2.625 up to like 2.9 because everything I'm using is like basically 3.3 volts. And so as it rises, I want, I want this to turn on a little bit before the 3.3 volts. And also, you know, if the voltage is a little bit low, I don't want it to kick in by accident. So, you know, maybe, maybe something like that. Okay, so let's apply. Okay, great. Um, so we're already starting to see like, ooh, these look good. Yeah, these are SOT 23s looking nice. Um, I can start scrolling here. So what's nice is, you know, a lot of these, there's there's stock. These, you know, there's a couple thousand stock. This one has 33,000. So the, you know, I am a little price sensitive. Um, I, I, I sprinkle these on board, so I want something inexpensive. So I'm going to view the prices at about a reel. And a reel of parts is, is 5,000. So I'm going to do that and then um, sort by price and I'm going to see uh, these TI parts, uh, the TLV803 EA two, you know, 26s. So those came up. Um, I'm already feeling really good about this. Why? Because I, you know, my part was the APX803 and this is the TLV803. I always love it when the part I'm looking for has the same like number in it because that gives me a hint that like, they're, they're designed to be cross-compatible. Just one is uses the TI prefix TLV and the other one uses the, the diodes prefix APX. So the next thing you have to watch for is um, like many chips, um, I, you know, especially the low cost ones, they often come in multiple package formats that have the same part number, which is like so tricky. Um, and this is one of the, the part, luckily I remember this from when I first spec the APX. 803. So let me look up. I have the data sheet for the APX803. So you pull it up. See, now we're made of new designs. Okay. They actually recommend using the 803S, which is also out of stock. But Or maybe it's the, um, i trying to remember, maybe it was a BGA part. I don't remember. So there are two packages here. There's this part, with the, and they're both SOT23. One is the SA package which has ground reset VCC, and then the SR package, which has reset ground VCC. Why would you do such a thing? I mean, it's probably like this was replacement for something else. Maybe they had a customer who was like, you know, I really need to have this particular pinout. I, there, there's some reason, but basically you have to watch out because if you get the wrong one, you're going to be like very unhappy. This chip is not going to do what you think it's going to do. I don't even know what it would do. You just get very confused. So. It'll be trying to pull ground down or like reset up. Who knows? But the one that we are replacing is the SA package, right? So it's SOT23 SAG, um, which means we want ground reset VCC. Okay, cool. So now when we go back here, um, we want to look at the data sheet for the TLV803, which I already downloaded. And um, you'll note that they also have like, you know, various packages, and they have various types. 
Um, this is the, the topology. This is, you know, what it does. Is it push, pull, open, drain, active high? So, you know, yes, we want the 803. We got that. There's multiple voltages. Cool. We got the one we wanted. And then, yeah, there's different packages with which one is reset. So let's let's scroll down and see if we can find the pack. Okay, they have like eight packages. Too many packages. So for this one, um, we want the one that matches this. So ground reset VCC, uh, ground reset VDD. And we want not the SC70, but the stop 23. So this one. Ground reset. Oh, and there's like a third one. Wow. They went the other way too. They're like, we'll we'll flip it around anyway. I don't know. Maybe it's a, again a replacement for some other part that has a, a differing pinout. So we want the DBZ package, the Dragon Ball Z package. Cool. And uh, this is the R pinout. So we want the non R. And so if you look here, it's a little, maybe I'll zoom in. You can see this is the R. It has the R in that part number, and this one doesn't. This is the one we want. Yes, TLVEA26 Dragon Ball Z. Not R. Confusing because this has R in the part number, but that's for tape and wheel. I'm pretty sure this is the right one. But I'm still going to get samples anyways to try because this is, I think this is very... Oh, wait, sorry. I clicked the wrong thing. I meant... Hold on. See, I was confused. One second. I'm going to find... <clears throat> I want the TLV... Yeah, sorry. It's the 26R DBZR, and this is the 26 DBZR. This is correct because there's an R, but an N, but not after the 26. So I did, I did get it correct. Very tricky. Watch out. This I have been um, fooled multiple times by multi-package parts with different pins. In fact, even today, you know, looking at the... Um, resistive touch controller. I was looking at the pinouts for the QFN and the TSOP part were different. I I really wish everybody would just sort of stick to one um, pinout, but they just don't. So I'm still going to get some samples of this. Make sure that it's the right one because I'm paranoid. Um, but now at least I have a drop-in alternative for that APX803. So um, good news is uh, I will be able to keep manufacturing um, all the parts that use uh, the APX803 just by dropping in this component after I test it and verify that it's a drop-in replacement. Yay! We'll be doing this for the next six to nine months. And that's a great search for this week. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with DJ Key. Sneaky R. All right. Okay. And that's uh, Desk of Lady 8 for this week. Yeah. Any final questions? We're going to no. wrap up. All right. Thanks, everybody. Enjoying the search. So we'll see everybody during the week. We have our shows uh, Tuesday, JP's product pick. Wednesday, 3D Hangouts with Noah and Pedro. Show and tell, ask an engineer. We've got JP's workshop, and we also have Scott's deep dive. And we have a Collins lab notes every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we have a bunch of other stuff in store. So stay tuned to the Adafruit sites, channels, social media, and more. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, thanks everybody. for tuning in.